Welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church, Accra. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 25, God says, I'll refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Does God care about you? Do you need divine wisdom for living? Tune in to the refreshing words of Calvary Baptist Church as Reverend Dr. Fred Digby, the senior pastor, and other ministers share the word of God with you. This on every Saturday from 8 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And now, the message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a joy and a privilege it is to have you join us in this time when we study the Word of God. Last week we started a series on Joshua, a very fascinating book. And I dedicate this series to all who are called into leadership. And see, being a leader is not only at the national level, but you are a leader wherever God has placed you. And as Christians, who he has called to be the head and not the tail, to lead the nations of the world through their problems and challenges until he comes for us. Joshua is a must study. And particularly for those young pastors and ministers, there are a lot of things you can learn from the book of Joshua. Let us take them to heart and will be a sterling group of leaders that will lead this nation, that will lead the world to be what God has destined it to be. And for you who are a new Christian, let me tell you something. You will learn that God will mature you. You think the book of Joshua, when somebody, some people read it, it's all about how there, were, there was a war and there was conquering. But that war and conquering in the olden days is still with us. But this time may not be physical war when you are going to battle conquering lands and conquering your enemies but conquering Satan, conquering the devil, conquering the flesh. So for you as a new believer, take lessons from this and learn to be strong in the Lord. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we thank you. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for touching us with your word. As your word comes to us today, may it be word to us in season to help us to live for you in ways that honor you. I pray for my listening friends, wherever they are, that you will instruct them to be doers of the word, not hearers only. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We start with Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 6 and 7, and also verse 23. Because that is when we see Moses, the old man who is about to die, anointing or appointing Joshua, to be the one who would take over the baton from him. And that is very important. So the book of Joshua is about new beginnings, new beginnings. When the new beginnings, we will see that it is God who is at work here. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 and 7, it reads, Be strong, be courageous, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God will be with you. He will neither fail you nor forsake you. Then Moses called for Joshua, and said to him, as all Israel watched, Be strong, be courageous, for you shall lead these people into the land promised by the Lord to their successors. See to it that they conquer it. Verse 23, Then he charged Joshua, son of Nun, Be strong, 
and courageous. You must bring the people of Israel into the land the Lord promised them. For the Lord says, I will be with you. Hallelujah. Moses was not able to go to the promised land. But now he has found somebody. And he's charging that person that the Lord will be with him. The Lord will take him. And Joshua must not fail the Lord. He must not fail the people. He must take them. Be strong. So this Be Strong is what gives the title to this series. Incidentally, one of the people I've benefited from reading as a background study to this calls this Be Strong. That's his series on Joshua. And his study on Joshua called Warren Wesby. Now we see that whatever God wants to do with this new beginning, three things are happening that we'll learn today. There's a new leader, there's a new land, and there's supposed to be a new life, a new leader. We've heard it said over and over and over again. And those who say those things about leadership are only confirming what God has done in the past, what God is doing in the present, and what God will do in the future with anyone he has chosen who is yielded to him. Before God could do anything in this world, in the human race, he chose Adam and gave him Eve. When Adam failed, he chose Abraham. And on and on and on, when the people failed, he chose Moses. Now with Moses going, he has chosen Joshua. It goes on to even when he chose Jesus to come and be our Redeemer. And today, you are the one he has chosen to be the leader. And many think that God will just pop you from the moon or from the stars, from the sun, and you land on earth and immediately begin to do what God has called you to do. Oh, God can do that. But God normally takes his people through a very rigorous training. Those leaders who are committed to God, you see how he trains them. So we see a few things about Joshua, the new leader. He was born into slavery or born as a slave in in Egypt. Joshua trained as a soldier. Joshua then became Moses' servant. Joshua had a career or had something to do with spying, spying the land or surveyor of the land before Joshua became the successor. Joshua the slave born in Egypt, Joshua the soldier, Joshua the servant, Joshua the spy, and Joshua the successor. He went through all of these things before gaining the new land and the new life. So let's take first Joshua, the new leader. He was born in slavery. Oh, can you imagine it? Where you were born, you are not even proud to say it. But Joshua was born, he spent many of his years, the infant years, in slavery in Egypt. How? When he was born, he was wondering, the parents were wondering, what is there for this boy to do? In future, he was given the name Hosea. We are told in Numbers 13 8, which means salvation. It was Moses who later changed his name to be Joshua, that is Jehovah, his salvation, which is the Hebrew form of Jesus. His parents gave birth to him, and he was one of those child who was growing up in Egypt, the firstborn son of Nun, the firstborn of his father, which meant that his life was in danger the night of the Passover, but the Lord preserved him. The blood was put on that lentil on the Passover night 
when God commanded his people, look, I'm going to take you out of this land. There are so many challenges here, but I'll take you. And everyone who is a child of the promise, every Jew, kill an animal, put the blood on your door poster. When I see it, I'll pass over it. I'll pass over you. I will not kill your firstborn. So every first child, even of animals, was in danger. But Joshua was spared. Why? The parents were covered by the blood of the lamb and especially the firstborn, Joshua, the son of his parents, was covered. Then while in Egypt, he saw all the signs and wonders that God performed through Moses. He knew that Jehovah God had the power that he would care for his people. He was there. He saw the humiliation of the gods of the Egyptians. He was there when they crossed the Red Sea. He was there when the water drowned the Egyptians. Joshua was a man who grew up in slavery, but he was a man who experienced the deliverance of God. He was a man who trusted God to take him through. He was a man who had a rich background. Even though he came from a humble humble beginning as a slave, it did not lock him down because the beginning is not final. God can move you on and on and on. You see, as they say in every the bird that is alive will by all means grow wings. Hallelujah. And so, Joshua was a slave. He was born in slavery in Egypt, but he was never discouraged. That is not what most people remember about Joshua today. My friend, may you not be stuck to where you were born, what your background is. Allow the Lord to use you. Allow him to fulfill his plan in your life, particularly when you have trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let him be your, your leader. But Joshua was not only a slave, he was also trained as a soldier. The first official thing we find of Joshua is that he was part of the group that defeated the Amalekites when they attacked Israel. He was there. Moses was a prophet and a lawmaker, but Joshua was a general with exceptional military skills. He was a man of great courage and he wasn't afraid to fight and fight for the victory of his people. You see, Moses was at the top of the mountain with his hands raised and Joshua was in the valley there fighting the Amalekites and he fought and fought and fought and Joshua completely routed and defeated those who attacked the Jews. Where did he learn it? Well, probably Joshua may have been involved in the Egyptian army. We don't know. He may have received some training in their ranks or maybe in the camp. He was also training to do something. It is possible, though scripture is silent, that he was well trained in a position. Just like Moses himself was trained in the palace, Joshua may have been trained in the skills, or he may just have been a natural talent. Joshua may have turned down some promotions in the army and decided, I'm going to be with my people and serve the Lord. Whatever it is, one thing is for sure, he was a soldier, very, very great soldier. You see, that's what we should learn about our background. Whatever you are learning, 
whatever is at your background, learn it. I see people who come into ministry or people who want to go into ministry and they want to read the Bible, they want to pray. It is good, it is beautiful, it is excellent. But some come with skills as carpenters, as lawyers, as dentists, as engineers, as soldiers, as police. And God makes use of all of these backgrounds to enrich you. That is why no two ministers of God are the same, because they have different background. One man has said, make every occasion a great occasion, for you can never tell when someone may be taking your measure for a larger place. That man is called Marsden. So make every occasion a great occasion, for you can never tell when someone may be taking your measure for a larger place. Joshua's conflict with Amalek was the preparation for many battles he will fight in the promised land. Yes, he was a soldier as well. But eventually, the lot of things that we know about Joshua was that Joshua was a servant. He's introduced to us as a servant, a minister, an assistant to Moses. Exodus 24, 13 says, So Moses and Joshua, his assistant, went up into the mountain of God. It indicates that Joshua was now an official assistant to the leader of Israel. Something about this boy, in the midst of all the people, brought him closer to Moses. He accompanied Moses on the mount. He accompanied him when he judged the people for making the golden calf. It wasn't good enough for him to be a good warrior. He also knew that God could give laws, that God wanted his people to obey him. And we will see over and over again in the book of Joshua, when you read it yourself, that he knew God. He had paid the price. He was there. He was skilled in the sword, but he was also so skilled in the submission to the word of God. And God wanted him to school in all these things, and he learned his lesson. During the wilderness journey, when Moses set up a special tent outside the camp where he had to meet God, he did not want anybody to come into the tent. That's the way the Lord required it. But what happened? It was Joshua who was guarding that tent so that nobody would come there. Exodus 33, 7-11 tells us something. Moses always erected the sacred tent far outside the camp with everyone who wanted to consult with Jehovah, going there to pray or going there. Then we are told, inside the tent, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Afterwards, Moses will return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, stayed behind in the tabernacle. Exodus 33. 11. So he was Moses' assistant. He was there, serving, doing the many other things. Whatever Moses, the older man, wanted, this boy will be his feet, this boy will be his hand, this boy will run. That's the blending between the old and the new. Oh, will to God that some young ministers will learn to serve the older ones, or the older ones will allow some young ones to serve under them. Moses was there. You see, someone to serve in the pulpit, someone to 
serve with crusade and be preaching there. But they are too proud. Or they think it's beneath their dignity to wash the bulls, to clean the church, to clean the tables, to clean the chairs, to clean the cars, to sweep the compound, to do anything in the house of God. Friends, humble yourself under God. Moses was there, but Joshua was a security man. He took care of the house of God. He made sure the house was clean. People didn't come there to make it dirty. It was a holy ground consecrated unto the Lord. That's how I see it. Because some of us grew up and we still do those things. You go around the church. Is every place clean? Is it excellent for the worship of God? Joshua was jealous not only for the glory of God, but also for the honor and authority of Moses. This is a good characteristic, a servant growing up in ministry, a slave must have, and he showed it, and God's spirit was with him. So he was just a servant, he had a servant heart. And it's interesting, when Joshua finally got to the promised land and was sharing the land with the people, believe me, he took his share last. Joshua chapter 19, verses 49 to 51. He says, so all the land was divided among the tribes with the boundaries indicated and the nation of Israel gave a special piece of land to Joshua for the Lord has said that he would have any city he wanted. He chose Timnath Serah in the hill country of Ephraim. He rebuilt it and lived there. Eleazar the priest Joshua and the leaders of the tribes of Israel supervised the sacred lottery to divide the land among the tribes. This was done in the Lord's presence at the entrance of the tabernacle of Shiloh. So he was one of the last people to get. He is not the type of leader who wants to grab everything, me, myself, my family. That is why nations are destroyed. That is why churches are destroyed. That is why communities are destroyed. Leaders who do not have that servant spirit to support the authority of the Lord, to fend for the people and to choose whatever they want to choose as one of the last ones, making sure that everybody gets their share. But that was the story of Joshua. May we learn what it takes to be a great leader, a godly leader. But we also see something about Joshua, that he was a spy. Oh, he was one of those people chosen to spy the land. When Moses had led the people and they arrived at a place called Kadesh Barnea, which was on the border of the promised land. God commanded Moses to appoint 12 men to spy the land of Canaan, and Joshua was one of them. After 40 days of going left and right down south, east, west, north, south the land, the spies returned and reported to Moses that the land was indeed a good one. But, but, but you know the story. Ten of the spies told the people, of Israel that we cannot we cannot go to this land but two of the spies Joshua and Caleb encouraged the people to trust God and to move into the land sadly the people listened to the ten when majority was wrong but the people listened to them it was this act of disbelief and rebellion that delayed the conquest of the land for 40 years so there was crisis. People said, we will not go. 
by Joshua and Caleb revealed that quality, that they were not blind to the promises of God. They would not follow the report of the majority. They dared to stand for their belief. And they stayed with Moses. Their God was big enough for the battle ahead. He was right. Joshua was not afraid to stand against the majority. So he, Moses, and Caleb stood alone and risked their lives in doing the will of God. But God stood with them. Friend, are you willing to confess what God says you'll be and do what he wants you to do, even if the majority say, oh, it is right to cheat, it is right to lie, it is right to fornicate, it is right to do, uh, to be whatever, to just be who the world wants you to be. Will you stand as a Joshua, knowing that God wants you to be the person he wants you to be? You see, their task was to go to the promised land. Think of the years of blessing in the promised land that Joshua forfeited because the people had no faith. But Joshua patiently stayed with Moses and did his job day by day, day by day for the 40 years. He saw the older people die. And yet, he stayed with Moses. He stayed with his cause. He stayed faithful to the end. I'm going to be faithful in the midst of a world that is rotting. In the midst of people who are compromising. Will you be that light? Will you be that salt? Will you stay with the leader? Will you stay with the people of God? And say, I know our God is able to do what he has promised us. Yes, he will. And so it was no surprise that Joshua became the successor. He moved from being a slave to a soldier, to a servant, to a spy, one of courage and faithful, but he also became a successor. Joshua was the successor. God appointed him. Throughout the wilderness journey, God was preparing Joshua for his ministry as a successor to Moses. When Israel defeated the kings, Moses used it to encourage Joshua not to be afraid of his enemies. When Moses was preparing to die, he asked God to give the people a leader, and God himself appointed Joshua. In his final message to Israel, Moses told the people that God would use Joshua to defeat his enemies and to help them claim their promised inheritance. And he encouraged Joshua, look, Joshua, continue to trust God and do not be afraid. Wow, 40 years earlier, 39, uh, 39 years earlier, they had come to that same point and the people said they won't go. Now, if Moses the Great, God used to do all of these things, the people rebelled. What about you, Joshua? But Joshua had no inferiority complex. He believed that God can use him to even do greater things, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And so Moses laid his hands on Joshua and imparted the spiritual power he needed for the task. See, beautiful, in Deuteronomy 34 verse 9, Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and followed 
the commandments the Lord had given to Moses. Hallelujah. Like Moses, Joshua was a human being. He had a share of mistakes, just like all of us, but he was still chosen as God's servant and anointed to lead the people. That is why they said to Joshua, just as we were with Moses in all things, we will listen to you. God's people in church today need to acknowledge God's leaders and give them the respect they deserve as the servants of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 says this clearly, because without that type of cooperation, if nothing will happen that will bring glory to God and bring glory to you as a church member or as somebody in a nation, if we do not respect your leaders and pray for them, you won't go far. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 said, Dear brothers and sisters, honor the officers of your church who work hard among you and warn you against all that is wrong. Think highly of them and give them your wholehearted love because they are straining to help you. And remember, no quarreling among yourselves. Moses expected the people to follow the leadership of Joshua because God had chosen him and he was going to lead the people and truly he led them as well. So, I said today we'll be looking at the new beginnings. It's about a new leader. It's about a new land and a new life. That next, the rest we just touched them briefly. The new land, the promised land. The word land, land, land is found so many times in this book of Joshua. Well, God's promise to them was I'll give them a new land. God had promised Abraham he would give him a new land. God has promised his people he will give them a new land. And that new land is what he's giving to them in our study today. The importance of the land. The prophet Ezekiel said about Jerusalem that it is the center of the nations of the world. It is that place where God chose his people to go to. Let me read. In Genesis 3.15, we read, From now on, you and the woman will be enemies, as will your offspring and hers. Yours will strike his heel, but he will crush your head. God promised to send a savior to the world. And the first step in fulfilling that promise was the call of Abraham. Beginning from Genesis 12, the Old Testament records the choosing of the Jews and the land of Israel. Abraham left Ur and the Chaldees to go to the new land. And there Isaac and Jacob were born. God announced that the Redeemer will come from the tribe of Judah and the family of David. He will be born of a virgin in Bethlehem and one day die for the sins of the world there. All these important events in the drama of redemption would take place in the land of Israel, the land that Joshua was called to conquer and to claim. Hallelujah. God is a faithful God. He calls us to fulfill his promise. He called you to make the world turn to him. The world will be a place where out of the darkness, people will turn to him and worship him as the Lord of Lords and as the King of Kings. But you see, going to the new land will also give them a new life, a new life of service, a new life of loving the Lord. That new life ultimately for you and I as believers will happen in heaven. 
In this life, we can experience a bit of it when we are in fellowship with the church, fellowship in serving God through our auxiliaries, through our home cells, but ultimately it's in heaven. God's promise is true and is real. Friends, our life is a journey. A new beginning taking us through to the end. So may God, who has called us, cause us to be faithful to him. If you do not know this God, I invite you to say after me, Lord Jesus, today I join this journey with you, a journey of faith with Joshua. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. You are my commander. Lead me on this journey. But if you are a believer in him, Lord, help me, like Joshua, to grow in you, do what you have called me to do. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray for you. Amen. This has been the radio broadcast by Calvary Baptist Church with Reverend Dr. Fred Digby, our senior pastor. We hope this message blessed you. Be sure to join us, God willing, next week, the same time and station. We are in Adabaka, opposite Mr. Big's restaurant, near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. Also in Shiashi, across the motorway from the Accra Mall and Botiano. Call us on 0243-690-485 or 0302-231-854. Contact us on WhatsApp at 0200-181-680. Visit us online at www.calvarybaptistgh.org. Write to us, Calvary Baptist Ghana at yahoo.com.